Hello, everybody. It's Cindy Novotny back for another incredible episode of My Secrets to Stamina. For any new listeners, welcome. I'm thrilled to have you join us. And to my loyal followers, welcome back. You know, I have been talking for over a year now on this platform about what my secrets are. And it's amazing. I'm getting so much, you know, communication and engagement. But obviously, my main secret is living with no balance and loving it. I've had some amazing guests, and I'm going to continue to bring you the best of the best. I love the fact that everyone who is listening to this podcast, no matter what role they play in life, wants to improve their life every single day. Everyone has a dream. Everyone's on a journey. And my goal is to help you be successful and live the life you want to live. They've deemed me the radical mentor, and I will help you live your life without the standard definition of balance and have the stamina to do it all. So let's do this. Today, I am joined by someone whom I've never met, but he shares the same vision as I do relating to generating your value, starting a business, leadership, and creativity. Andy McDowell is an engineer by trade, but a creative by nature. He spent 22 years with Boeing and always felt like more of a life coach than a boss. I mean, it's so amazing because I'm always talking to people more in my world, and this is an engineer from Boeing. He's going to share some incredible things. In 2002, he began his journey of entrepreneurship within a corporation when he was asked to create an airspace design consulting business from scratch that would serve the global government market. He prepped the Beijing and Sochi airports for their Olympic Games and has so many great tips on using the strategic skills he developed within Boeing to generate your value in your personal and professional life. So please welcome Andy McDowell. Hello, Andy. Hello, Cindy. Thanks for the invite to uh, talk in front of your audience today. I think it's fabulous because it's so fun to have you on my podcast because although we share the same outlook in so many ways, although... To be clear, I'm no engineer. I love that you can give us a high level picture of how things began for you and what you're doing. Yeah. So my journey as an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship has many different kinds of facets or looks, uh, just like human beings do. And so I've traveled the gamut of entrepreneurship through my whole career. I started as an employee of two different entrepreneurial companies, small businesses. One of those got acquired by the Boeing company, which you alluded to in the bio, uh, where I was tasked to build a business from scratch within a major corporation. So here I am, an entrepreneur trying to find resources and so forth to build the business they wanted me to do. 2019, I got laid off because of the 737 MAX crisis, along with thousands of other uh, Boeing employees, and have now decided to be my own entrepreneur, helping, uh, just like you do, helping business owners to uh, be successful in their life and in their business, because it's my true passion and my true why in my life. Uh, It was the part of my job within Boeing that I enjoyed the most was interacting with my team and others and helping them along their journey of life. Yeah. I think that so many people, when you think of an engineer, and I mean, this is very judgmental, but you know, you think of like, so kind of focused, analytical, like get Mm -hmm. on with it. And then you think Boeing and you think about, you know, a huge, these huge aircraft and, and just such a, an unbelievable kind of overwhelming position. It's so refreshing to hear somebody like you say, I really never considered myself like a boss, but more of that life coach for your team. That must Mm -hmm. have really been great for people that work for you. Well, we may be engineers and technical by trade, which means you're using your mind, uh, logical skills and so forth. But at the same time, we're all human beings. You know, we have a heart, we have emotions, 
we have creativity within ourselves. If you could take a, an approach as a life coach instead of a boss in a technical complex environment like Boeing was in, you're going to get the most out of your people. And the, the, the great leaders, the good leaders understand that and draw that out of the uh, out of their team members. And I think for, you know, people listening to to this that I know very well, I want everybody to hear what he said, because I think 60% of my business is hospitality and then 40 is corporate. All right. But I have people in the hospitality industry that should genuinely and by trade, by the way, as you said, by trade, you're looking at skills and all these things, but by trade should look at everyone as human beings and have mm-hmm. empathy. And I can assure you, there are some leaders in hospitality that need to be listening to you right now because that makes such an impact when it doesn't matter what the job is. I mean, you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be an engineer or a general manager of a hotel. You have to have the skills appropriate for the position, but more importantly, if you're a leader and you don't think like that, you're never going to get the most out of your people. So it's refreshing to hear you say that. Yeah, I don't think it's common uh, out there in the corporate world, uh, regardless of your hospitality or, or aviation or any any other industry. And I think the Great Resignation is starting to show, you know, the, the, the light is being shown on this with the Great Resignation and onions being peeled back about how much corporate culture is not addressing the issue that you just stated. Yeah, except they talk culture all the time. They have their posters well, on the wall. Yeah, they, they speak to it, but the, their actions don't match their words. Exactly. Yeah. They put their acronyms down, trust, love, growth. And then you walk mm-hmm. in and say, yeah, none of this is working. I don't see a lot of trust right here. So that it is refreshing. Well, yeah. let me ask you, um, because obviously I talk about, you know, living with no balance and loving. It doesn't mean I don't have a life. I have an incredible life. Um, but I choose. I love working. I love traveling. I live on airplanes. I love it. I always laugh. And now I'm talking to somebody that was with Boeing. I love the smell of jet fuel in the morning. So I am. Um, <laughs> you I and just, me both. <laughs> I just love it. I mean, people say to me, I don't even know how you can sleep. I'm like, I can be in first class, business class or coach. And literally the moment that engine starts, it's like soothing to me and I go right to sleep. So I, I love it. Uh, so when personal life blends into work life, because this is what people get me confused with. They think, oh, she's a workaholic. She mm-hmm. on all the time. I raised my daughter on the road. My husband and I own our company. And, and, you know, but when schools were teaching, you know, things about the pyramids, my daughter was in Cairo with me going to the pyramid. So I, I laugh when people think I don't know how to blend it, but how do you define balance and what are some of your secrets to stamina? Well, I'm all about joy, happiness, and success in life and the ability as a person, as a human being to define that for themselves. So if you look at work and life, so to speak, and put it on a spectrum. It's a matter of taking that lever and sliding it on that spectrum and placing it in that period of your life at that moment, because it may adjust as time goes on, to slide that lever along until you come to the point of joy, happiness, and success in your life. And for some people, that's 90% work and 10% personal. And for others, it's 90% personal and 10% work. Uh, the, The trick to it is to be introspective and understand where that is for you at that point in time. You know, 20 years later, it may be in a different spot because you're in a different place in life um, along your journey. For me, in terms of stamina, 
uh, is all about finding your purpose and your why in life. Because uh, as you know, the journey of life is a bunch of ups and it's a bunch of downs in the valleys. And when you're in the valleys, uh, your purpose and why in life is your oak tree, as I call it. It's what you're holding on to when the winds are blowing and thunder and lightning's happening, so to speak, in your life. And you need to get through the valleys and have some stamina. You have that oak tree to sort of hang on to, to get you through the bad weather and the storms and the valleys of life as you work your way in your journey to to, to get to the uh, the peaks. Yeah, I love the the balance. I'm I'm picturing like when my when my dad used to hang you know pictures and that balance and the little liquid. I mean that's so mm-hmm. that's so analytical. I love it. Now it's really it. because to me that's exactly there. And I I have to say that that's why I say no one can define your balance. And as you nope. transition in life, as you said, it changes when you're raising kids. It's different yep. than when now they're you are an empty nester. Uh, when you get laid off from a job because of a crisis, like you said, with you know the the plane or because of COVID, this great resignation, everyone has shifted their balance, and I visually can see that, which I think is is quite cool. And you know, I mean, I also I am full of energy, full of life, full of love, but I have serious valleys. I mean, I have stuff things I'm going through right now, and so I think to myself that oak tree, you know, because. It, it is something you have to, that you have to, you have to have something to hold on to during the storms that is going to, to keep you there. So you don't fall into the Valley. Right. right. And I think that's something that's really it's so vitally important because it allows you to kind of ha- be grounded to go, okay, this too will pass. I mean, it might be a terrific storm right now, but it will pass. So I think that that's incredible when you kind of look at it that way. And oh, by the way, there may be sunshine on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you can't see it in the storm, but it's there. Exactly. I, I grew up sailing um, the Great Lakes with my parents and my family. And, you know, my dad used to say there, there would be like little squalls coming in because people, they, they diminish how unbelievably crazy the Great Lakes can get with storms. And yeah. we would call it teepees on the horizon. And when you would look out at the horizon, you would see the little, it's like the huge waves and the wind. And we call it, you see the teepees, you got to start moving and, you know, getting, trying to get, get into a harbor. But as the storm came in, there's always that bright, in fact, it's almost more beautiful, uh, the beams of light that come in between the clouds after a storm. Yeah, it's like the eye of a hurricane going over the top of you. Right, exactly. So the impact, so let's, I mean, the fact that you're a creative, okay? And again, this is so judgmental, you know, because my husband's extremely analytical, not an engineer, of course, but he is some of, comes up with some of the most creative ideas. Now he says it very, you know, kind of, just talks very calmly as he says it, where I'm like, you know, going hundred miles an hour and, and maybe 90% of what I say is actually going to be not going to happen. But I think that sometimes people think an analytical person or somebody very, you know, clinically or, you know, involved in math or numbers isn't necessarily all that creative. And I, I know for a fact, that's not the case with you. So let's talk about the impact that creativity has on value. I know uh, so many people say, I hear them all the time. Oh, I'm just not that creative. I can't do that. So let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I know that's something you're really, um, it's really close to your heart on value and creativity. Uh, yes, it is. And, uh, and I hear those statements all the time. And my answer is always, that's a bunch of hogwash uh, that you're not creative. And, and it, 
to me, it boils down to, to two issues. Um, one, we think creativity. We think about great singers, great painters, you know, the Van Goghs of the world. And a person doesn't feel like they have the ability to instantaneously flip a switch and be a Van Gogh. You know, yeah. So for me, creativity is a journey that you have to go on and be committed to um, from that perspective. And if you don't see it as a journey, you're going to get yourself um, into trouble. Or, or you're not really going to deliver the value uh, that you're capable of to the world because you're you're minimizing your skills. You don't even want to invest in the time. You think you're no good. You know, judgment and shame and so forth might come into play. All, all those perspectives. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing is you're creative every day. When you when you wake up in the morning and put your feet down on the floor and start walking around, your opportunity at that moment is to create your day. So you're going to create your meals. You're going to create your meetings. You're going to create your, um, I don't know, podcast. Your time with your friends, <laughs> uh, create your podcast, whatever, you know, right. whatever it may be, is a creative moment. You're starting from scratch. You're thinking about ideas of what to do with those activities in your day. And they seem kind of mundane and you just take them for granted because you do it every single day. But the reality is you are being created. You're yeah. creating your life. You're creating your day. You're creating your environment. You're creating your moment uh, from that perspective. So if you if you say you're not creative, I just say hogwash. You know? hogwash. I argue, argue with you every single day on that particular topic and you can't bring value to the world without creativity it's the engine it's the fuel so to speak of delivering value if you want to sit down with a glass of wine with your spouse and have a great conversation you're creating an environment you're creating uh, a dialogue and a conversation which is then creating a relationship which is creating intimacy in your relationship and you think it's just a conversation when the actuality is if you're doing it intentionally you're being creative Exactly. And I, I think that the biggest point is let's go back to the struggle in the valley for a moment, because mm -hmm. you have to be creative to be able to get out of the valley, let go of the tree, see that you can't just sit there and hold on. It's over. It's over. It's over. And I think that's what really made me a little crazy during this whole you know, pandemic, because I never stopped. We never stopped. I, I literally only didn't travel the month of April. And then in mm -hmm. May, I was back on planes. I mean, there was literally four or five, you know, that's why United, I pretend it's my, you know, private jet. And honestly, <laughs> I said to the flight attendants, I'd rather work the flight than actually sit here because I was so antsy, so wanting to get up. And I was using creativity. I was doing more goofy videos. I was putting things out like, come on, people, get out of bed, get out of your pajamas. And I didn't know if it was right or wrong. And I also got some flack. You know, I had people that would say to me, I think that you're being insensitive. You're trying to, you're not looking at this right. I was like, no, 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 I'm not being insensitive. If people, there's family members, I couldn't see my, my parents are in their late eighties. I couldn't visit them because I was traveling so much. I didn't want to take anything home, but mm -hmm. I truly believed that travel inspired travel, work inspired work. You had to get out there. And I think that I had to be more creative in in fighting adversity than just getting on with work because of course hospitality was hit pretty much is one of the hardest right because yes. other industries were going along just fine construction and lumber and real estate and you know and so i i like the thoughts on that because every day we did get up i mean we all we came to work in our office for literally at the beginning well 
for six months with nothing really going on. We were the trainers, we were traveling, but I think about our team, Carla, who you've met and Jessica, and they all came to work and we were like creating things. We were like making things up. Okay. We got to do this now. We got, I mean, that's how the podcast came about because I, I live on the road. And so I don't really, I didn't even need to do a podcast, but then it was like, well, people want to hear different things. And then it got some traction and now we're, you know, you know, jamming it in, in between flights. But I, that's so it's important to remember you get out of bed, everybody put your feet on the floor and you already are putting creativity in motion. I love that you said that. That's great. Perfect. I had a sign in my office when I was at Boeing that said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. So it. you were you were still, you know, creativity is a muscle. And if you, if you don't use it, you lose it, just like with your physical muscles in your body, right? So you're technically in the gym every day with your creativity and then the pandemic hits. And they're like, no, I don't want my muscle mass and strength to go away. So I'm going to keep practicing creativity in some way, find some kind of environment, some avenue to keep working out my muscle, my creativity to keep it strong. So when we come out of the pandemic, we're hitting the ground and running. Right, exactly. And that's exactly what we did. I mm-hmm. should have probably worked the muscle mass at the same time, but I might have skipped on that. Well, that's all an analogy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about your podcast for a little bit. And uh, your business is all focused on generating your value. Uh, I believe we are all our own personal brand. I've said that forever. I teach classes on building your own brand within a brand, no matter what you do. And so share with us the fundamental notions that all humans should embrace what we should really embrace to generate that personal brand, that personal value. Well, I'm a firm believer, uh, you know, the definition of a brand is your experience and trust level with a particular entity, whether it be with a business, an organization, another person or group of persons from that perspective. And if, if that's something you believe a brand is, then we all have a personal brand because we're engaging with other human beings in life. They're having an experience with you and based off the conversation and your actions are going to develop a certain trust level. Uh, And with that being said, you now have an opportunity, if you're the CEO of your life, have an opportunity to develop just like companies do through marketing and other efforts to develop a corporate brand. You have an opportunity to create your own personal brand in every interaction um, that you have uh, every day. So what do you want that to be? What 10 words do you want somebody to throw at you from based off their experience and trust level to label what your brand is? And how are you shaping that through your actions? And so that's what I tend to go after with my coaching clients is to, uh, when I was mentoring people within Boeing, one of the things I always got after them about is, what is your 30 second elevator speech? You're getting in an elevator and the CEO of the company walks onto the elevator and looks over and doesn't recognize you and says, hey, I've never seen you before. Who are you? You have 30 seconds to tell them who you are, what you do, and what value you offer to the organization and to the customers in 30 seconds. And oh, by the way, he's never probably, he or she's probably never going to ever hear that before. And he's going to call up your supervisor and say, hey, I just met Sally. And wow. <laughs> Yeah. What a person, what a star you got in that team. Let me know how I can help, uh, you know, uh, help them along their career and so forth, because they're a real go-getter. You know, they actually were intentional, put some thought to it. And when they asked the question, I got a splendid answer. Yeah. And I think people discount that, you know, because I talk about your elevator pitch all the time and people are like, oh, well, it, it's not really. I go, no, because I literally believe that 
first impressions, and I will never stop. This is to me, not old school. First impressions are lasting impressions. So Mm -hmm. that little bit of value, there's how many people might that president have said, hey, I've never seen you. I'm so-and-so the, you know, CEO here. And oh, great to meet you. And don't even introduce themselves. I mean, I I go to events where I stick out my hand and say, hi, I'm Cindy Novotny with Master Connection Associates. And they go, oh, nice to meet you. And I have to literally say, and who are you? You know, you're at a networking event, like, hello, it's called networking. So I think that's so important because it's how you present yourself. It's the 10 words, you know, the 10 words. If somebody is sitting on a park bench and you are just overhearing them and they're talking about you, what 10 words would they say about you? Would Would it be positive? Would it be not? I mean, marginal. I think that's so vitally important. It's key. And, and that takes me to your, you know, you were in a huge leadership role within Boeing. And I mentioned you thought of yourself more as a life coach than a boss. And you say that leading others, you know, begins with leading yourself. I know we have a lot of people that are listening to me that follow me that are business owners or they're leaders within their business. Can you share with us like some tips and what you mean by this and any anything you can give that will help people think I've got to change and be a more effective leader? So as you know, Cindy, uh, to be in leadership, you're making decisions that affect other people's lives, both in the business world and the personal world uh, from that perspective. So if you're going to make quality decisions, it's going to bring lasting value to yourself, your team members, to the company, to the world, et cetera, uh, then you got to be prepared with the right skills and talents to be able to do that. And so whenever I'm coaching somebody, I'm always looking or helping them to look inside first. So they're not bringing any hurts, traumas, um, fears that they may be bringing into their decision-making as well as projecting onto other people. Because right. um, that's that's one of the worst things that you can do for, for a team or an individual employee is to bring your uh, so-called baggage, if you will, uh, to the relationship and to your decision-making. So through that process of self-leadership, and making mistakes in it and dusting yourself off and getting back on the horse and trying things, you're, you're learning lessons that you can then use to be a life coach for your team members and start making uh, better effective decision-making for your team, for the company, and for each individual team member that you have. And that's the approach I took. And the one I help uh, my clients through is to go through that process in an effort to, to bring value to themselves, uh, to the company, and to the team from that perspective. And as human beings, your team members want to be seen. They want to feel like they're part of something bigger. They have their own skills and talents. They want to grow as individuals in some way. And are you having the proper conversations from the beginning when you first bring them on as a team member and start establishing a relationship one-on-one with this person to understand what motivates them, uh, what their goals are, um, their on their life journey, they may spend a year with you. They may spend 15 years with in, in their life journey. So how are you supporting them? How are you investing in them uh, just like they're investing their time into your company and trying to bring their skills and talents to deliver value to you as a leader, you as your organization, and to their customer set? Exactly. Can, can you take that approach uh, with your team members? You're going to get a lot better engagement out of them, particularly if you answer the 
question why all the time. Why are we doing this strategy? Why are we doing these processes? Why, 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 why? If you're answering that question, you're going to get huge engagement out of them from answering that question, providing uh, an emotionally safe environment for them that they could share their ideas, they can grow their creativity, they could deliver max value to you and your company. You're going to get tremendous results. And as a leader, that's the biggest thing you're getting judged on is what results did you bring to the company? And I think that that, you know, there's been so many layoffs, so many furloughs. Well, you went through that yourself, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, with the Mac, with the jet. And that has to be, it's gut-wrenching to to be the person laying people off. and, And yet we've all had to do it. And, you know... I think that you're trying so hard to be such a life coach and people have got to want to, you know, kind of struggle through that, but yet know there is light at the end of the tunnel if we help them in a way that will be fulfilling for them. Yeah. And are you willing to fight the upper echelon of your company when it comes to, to layoffs to figure out ways before that event even shows up to, to try and minimize it? I Early in my career with Boeing, I had to lay off about 35 people uh, in three rounds of layoffs over nine months because of what was happening in the industry that we were serving. And it's one of the worst moments in my career having to go through that process. Um, you know, I understand the logic behind why we do this, but um, are we doing things to try and minimize the need to do it, like positioning people into other parts of the company or what kind of assistance are you providing them to find a, find a job after you've laid them off? Right. There, there, yeah. there are w- the ways to soften the blow if it really comes down to that. Right. Right. Um, and that's, that's the most important. And I think, you know, we've done the same things, you know, you have to help them and, 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 and then they've got to meet you halfway. They gotta, they gotta be willing and, you know, to be open to that. So when I, I also, I talk about this topic, almost uh, all of my guests that it's about being an entrepreneur and starting, you know, your own business. I started this business so many, many years ago when my daughter was um, just born actually. And it's, it's not easy. And, you know, it's a tough fight the whole way, but if you are a hard worker to me, if you know the why, if you understand where you're going, you can be very successful, but share with us your take on your why and what and how to starting your own business. Uh, well, my why, in one word, my why in life is service. Uh, uh, my sun sign is a Virgo. It naturally comes natural to us Virgos to uh, be of service. Uh, but I had to do a lot of internal work. I struggled with self-esteem in high school and college in my early 20s and went through therapy, read a bunch of books. I mean, I did everything to change my life around for the life that I I wanted for myself because I didn't think I was heading in in the right direction. So that's my why. Uh, I always, even when I was working within Boeing, I knew I'd be doing what I'm doing today on a part-time basis after I retired after 30 years with a Boeing company. It got shortened to 22. Um, So it's just natural for me to, to start doing what I'm doing today, little did I know I'd be starting in five months before a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I don't think anybody sees that in, in the tea leaves. Right. Um, but it's living out my joys, my loves, my passions. And I had an executive coach at Boeing that did it for me, sort of took me the last 25% of my transformation. And I see this as just paying it forward from what, um, what was given to me. Yeah. And I, I agree. I love it. I think that 
if you have a servant mentality that you just want to help people, it's, it's fulfilling to do this. It is, it's, it's fun. And you see people get better. And I, I love that. It makes, it kind of makes, it really is the cherry on the Sunday for me after a long day. I'm like, yeah, but look at, look what this person's doing now. Right. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as we start to wrap up, are there any other stories or tips or anything you want to just share to that would help people be a better version of themselves? Well, uh, well, there's a couple of things. One, you have to be introspective and be honest with yourself. Um, you have to be willing to sort of step outside your body and turn around and look at yourself uh, in terms of your thoughts, your behaviors, your actions, and be truthful for, your, uh, for yourself. If you're going to invest in yourself and be introspective, then you need to be truthful. Otherwise, you're going to be in a forest, walk around, not knowing where you're going. Second, you have to be intentional. A lot, a lot of what we talked about today is just being intentional and you're putting forethought to it. You're using introspection um, to create the life that you want for yourself. So that's sort of a mindset uh, that you need to work with. And then I'm also a big love slash fear guy. So I honestly believe that what is the foundation of every decision that we make in our life, no, big, no matter how big or small, is love and fear. And when you make a decision, is the path that you're taking uh, mostly based in love or is it based on fear? Are you just sticking to your comfort zone? Are you afraid of doing something because of judgment, shame, jealousy, or whatever uh, those low energy words are from that perspective? Love, is, love takes a lot more work. It's a higher energy. Uh, you got to be willing to put in the work uh, from that perspective. So uh, just like you say, Cindy, do you have the stamina to put in the work, have it based on love to go change the world and create the life that you want for yourself? And, and lastly, your greatest asset in life is yourself. It's not your cars. It's not your homes. It's not your super yachts or anything of nature. It's yourself. So what are you doing to invest in yourself? What kind of return do you want on your investment? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, and your greatest asset, you have to get out of your asset for a minute and turn around, <laughs> like you mm -hmm. said, and look at that asset and go, wow, I just, I need to put this in check. And I, I also really appreciate that love is higher energy. Fear is lower energy and mm -hmm. it takes a lot more work to love and there's so much angst in this world right now. And there's, you know, deceit and there's negativity and, you know, the, some of the stuff that just tries to pull people into this, what I call cesspool of unreality. You know, it's like, yes. you know, I, it's just like, wow, you're being just sucked down to this. And so uh, to me, that's what gives me stamina. And I can tell that's what gives you stamina. So Andy, I so appreciate your time. You're a, a breath of fresh air for sure. And it's just, I mean, you got me charged up and the, you know, I can't wait to actually meet you in person someday. So thank you so much again. I appreciate it. And I'd like everyone to join me for my next episode as I invite an unbelievably good friend of mine over many years, a guru in the world of people, culture, and travel, Mr. Tim Kirkpatrick. Uh, Tim and I have been together for many, many years working together. He worked for our company. Uh, he is one of the most interesting people I know. Uh, we're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about life in the hospitality industry, motivating your team, maintaining relationships, and his secret to stamina. So thanks again, 
And uh, can't wait to meet you someday, Andy. We can't wait to meet you as well. Keep generating your value in this world. Thank you.